Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Roadmap to Heaven here on Covenant Network. I'm Adam Wright. Good to be with you today. We're going to talk about a lot of things today. The big question is, can we catch a break? And the answer is no, we cannot. But we can pray. We can start the morning off in prayer. Let's pray today. Um, We continue to pray the Memorari as well as our morning offering. And I want to remind you to pray the Novena prayers for the uh, Novena for Our Lady of Fatima when you pray your rosary today. So let's pray in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. O Jesus, through the Immaculate Heart of Mary, I offer you my prayers, works, joys, and sufferings of this day for all the intentions of your sacred heart in union with the holy sacrifice of the Mass throughout the world in reparation for my sins, for the intentions of all my relatives and friends, and in particular for the intentions of the Holy Father. Amen. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thine intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O Virgin of virgins, my mother. To thee do I come before thee, I stand sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy hear and answer me. We dedicate all of our thoughts, words, and actions to the greater glory of God. Our Lady of Fatima, pray for us. Saint Joseph, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, it is very good to be with you this morning, and we're going to talk about some wonderful things on the show today. We're going to have a visit with Sister Mary Carolyn Noons from the Franciscan Sisters of the Martyr St. George, and we're going to talk about whether or not we can catch a break from our vocation. And spoiler alert, the answer is no, but she's going to have some good ideas for us on how we can recharge and uh, how we can fortify our vocation. And then later in the show, we're going to go on the road today out to the West Pine Study Center to visit with Father Michael Geisler and talk about his new book on the mystery of co-redemption, how God saves souls with us. And how we're invited to be part of that work, and it's a you know it's a great thing for us to talk about, not just on this Wednesday, but really any day, because we have we have a great opportunity to be part of what God is doing, and we have a great example. You know, we you want to talk about co-redemption? We spoiler alert on this one. I have a feeling we're going to talk about the Blessed Mother as well, because she is the co-redemptrix, and. Well, you'll just have to stay tuned for all of that. Monday, when I joined with you, I was telling you about um, you know all all of my troubles over the weekend and how I was just discouraged emotionally from several conversations I had. And you know, here I am thinking, oh, I'm going to be all upbeat Wednesday morning when I come in to do the show. I woke up at 4:43 this morning, two minutes before my alarm went off. I'm like, I'm on a roll here, you know. Gave the day to God, got out of bed. Went and did all the morning routine. I was getting the kids ready for school, and my wife calls, um, which is not atypical for her to call while she's on her way to work. It's one of the few times throughout the day on her work days that we get to talk to tell me that the car has died and that she's okay, the car is pulled over safely and parked, and that her dad, who lives nearby, is coming to get her and take her to work, so I don't have to worry about that. But the question is, why did the car die? And I I couldn't help but think back to what I was telling you Monday and and think back to that 5K that I did Friday night. Breathe in, breathe out, move on. And I I, I have to tell you, I'm frustrated. I'm discouraged. um, 
I, I am one of these people. I'm going to sit here the entire show giving you my best, but also in the back of my mind just trying to figure out what could it be. And I know nothing about cars, right? I, I know zero. I know you have to put gas in the tank, and if the gas gets to the engine, you have a better shot of getting the car to move forward. But beyond that, there's a bunch of really complicated things. I know you have to get the oil changed regularly. Once upon a time, I knew how to change the oil in my car, but that was three cars ago. I don't know anything else about cars, friends, and so I'm anxious right now, and I'm worried, but I think about that prayer we pray during the Our Father. Protect us from all needless anxiety. Every time we go to Mass, we pray the Our Father. Father says this prayer in the middle before we conclude. Protect us from all needless anxiety. And friends, let me tell you, this is needless anxiety. So my advice for myself today, breathe in, breathe out, move on. You know, I, I was also thinking that if my friend Tony is listening, uh, with you know, the guy that brought us the daily dose of discouragement on April Fool's Day, we used to joke around about the whole serenity now, serenity now, and how at the end of the day that's actually, you know, really unhealthy for you because it just builds up and builds up and then eventually, well, the pressure is going to be released and that might not be pretty. And uh, so, th- you know, I'm not saying breathe in, breathe out, move on as a serenity now. I am frustrated, but there is nothing I can do about it in this moment. So I'm going to turn it over this morning and just as we did, ask our Lord and his immaculate heart to take the day, or not his immaculate heart, his sacred heart, but also go through the intercession of Mary and her immaculate heart and just say, take the day. We're going to go to the weather now with Mike Roberts when we come back. Um, we, well, we got a lot to get to on the show today. You're listening to Roadmap to Heaven. Don't go anywhere. Today is the feast day of St. Ignatius of Laconi. Born in Italy at the beginning of the 18th century, his baptismal name was Francesco Ignacio Vincenzo, and his parents, Anna and Mattia, were poor farmers. He worked the fields with his parents, but when he was 17, he had an illness that nearly took his life. While he was sick, he made a promise to commit his life to the Lord, but after recovering, put that promise on hold at the request of his father, who still needed help in the fields. However, three years later, he had a serious accident while riding a horse and renewed his promise to the Lord, fulfilling it by joining the Capuchin Friars. Taking the name Ignatius, he became well known for his modesty and his humility. He was appointed the official beggar for the Capuchins, and that was a role he held for four decades. While he was going about seeking alms, Ignatius would also teach poor children when he encountered them, and he would also visit the sick. He died on this day in 1781. St. Ignatius of Laconi, please pray for us. I'm meteorologist Mike Roberts for Covenant Network. Have a blessed day. Here is our catechist question. Now, I misspoke at the beginning of the show because I said that Friday marks the 105th anniversary of the Miracle of the Sun. That will be in October. It's the 105th anniversary of the Fatima apparitions. But the Miracle of the Sun happened on October 17th. So here is my question for you. How many times did the Blessed Mother tell the children at Fatima that she would appear? How many times? Do you know the answer? Well, she told the children that she will be visiting on the 13th of each month for six months. That's what we remember on Friday, that first apparition on May 13th, 1917, that she'll visit on the 13th of each month for six of each month for six months, telling the children they will need to sacrifice and suffer, but they will end up in heaven 
and telling the children to say the rosary prayer every day to bring about peace. Now, remember, this is in the midst of World War I. The world is ravaged by war. In the second apparition, she asks the children to add the Fatima prayer to the end of the rosary. She reveals three secrets in the third apparition. The fourth apparition didn't happen on the 13th because the children were in prison because they were trying to get the children to recant and say that this was all a hoax that they were making up. But once the children were released, the Blessed Mother appeared to them again and asked them to pray for sinners. And then uh, on the fifth apparition, apparition on September 13th, people gathered to see if Mary would show and white rose petals fell from the sky. As the witnesses touched them, they disappeared. Lucia asked Mary to cure the sick and she responded that God could not cure those who were not healed. And then on the final apparition, of course, we have the miracle of the sun on October 13th, 1917, the largest crowd to ever witness a miracle. Reports of over 70,000 people being in attendance. So if, you know, people say, well, you know, Fatima's private revelation, but after all of the things that were given as proof of what our Blessed Mother did at Fatima and what she asks of us, I think we would be wise to do what she asks and to pray the rosary. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we'll be talking with Sister Mary Carolyn Nunes. You're listening to Roadmap to Heaven. We are back. You're listening to Roadmap to Heaven. I am always happy to be joined in studio by Sister Mary Carolyn Nunes from the Franciscan Sisters of the Martyr St. George in Alton, Illinois. Getting ready. Not, not there yet. It's our 25th anniversary year, and just as we wrap that up, you're celebrating your 100th anniversary of being in the United States, Correct. right? Correct, yes. We were founded in 1869, so we've been around for over 150 years, but we've been in the United States since 1923, so we are gearing up for a massive year of celebration. You know, I'm, I'm going back to my childhood when we had the dual birthday parties or whatnot. We should have a dual party, Covenant Network and the Martyrs, to celebrate our 25th, your 100th, and, and go from there. We're always up for a good party. All right. Well, speaking of celebrating and partying and fun things, it is almost summer vacation time here. Maybe maybe you're already getting a jump start on it. I don't know. Those college kids get a jump start. They're all wrapping up their finals right now. Yeah, I miss that phase of life. I'm in a whole different season of life right now. No no uh getting two and a half months off in in the summer. But sister, when we talk about vacation, you and I were emailing back and forth on some ideas and we, we kept coming back to this one thing that when it comes to vocation, there is no vacation from your vocation. Now say that five times fast, friends. Say you know we'll give you a, a moment. No vacation from your vocation. Now we take vacations from work or from school, but what do we mean by that? I mean, do we not get a break? What is what is going on here with vocation? Right. So vocation is not what we do. It's who we are. Vocation is how we are created to love. So there's no vacation from loving. We, that's always the call of our hearts from the moment of baptism. Right? We're invited to share in the love of the Trinity and to continually love and grow in charity for those around us. And so the particular state in life in which we live, our vocation, we don't get a break from that. Um, but there are days where it's hard. There are days where like getting up at 430 in the morning is just not really fun. Um, and so sometimes we just need a little bit of extra time or a little bit of time to relax and to renew and to recharge so that we can more faithfully and fully and freely live our vocation. So just to be clear here, what, what we're saying is you don't get to take a week and say, I'm, I'm just not going to be a religious sister for this week. Correct. And I don't get to take a week and say, and I'm not going to be a husband or a father this week. I, I am now a husband and a father, and that is my vocation for the rest of my life. But that's different than what I do here on the radio. This is a job. This is a career. And, and I can't take a week away from this. 
which is great. And oh. I, I uh, you know, I'm the vocation director and people sometimes think I'm the vacation director because I do travel quite a bit for my apostolate in the summer is that uh, while everyone else is relaxing and kind of kicking back with a little bit more refreshment time, I'm actually on the road a lot more in the summer visiting different places. Now, this is something that um, we've talked about on our airwaves before, but it's it's a good reminder for us as we get to summer. We're not here to diss vacation either, that vacation can be a very important part. And I'm not saying necessarily grab everybody and climb into the, the super yacht and go across the Atlantic Ocean because we don't all have the means to do that. But um, if you are, take me. Just yeah, kidding. <laughs> we'll, we'll go with you. We'll do the show from the ship. You know, Adam Wright and Sister Mary Carolyn, Roadmap to Heaven, live from the high seas. But it, it's good to take a break from work to really kind of refocus on our vocation and, and for me to spend that time with my family and not have to worry about getting up and getting to the office or what meeting I have or what interview I have. Right. So I think faith and family are two important things to keep in mind when we're planning vacation and what that's going to look like. That vacation doesn't mean it's all about me. Um, I was talking to someone recently about um, man caves and she sheds and how that's kind of like it's almost like this retreat away from vocation. Like this is my space and my time. But vacation actually is meant to be life giving and something that is shared with other people in, in the best sense so that we can more fully give ourselves to one another. The temptation as you mentioned, man caves and she sheds, because I, I I share a similar feeling about them. And and I'm a big proponent of bring, bring back the study, ditch the man cave, bring back the study and have that be a place where your children can come read a quiet place in the home. But I, I digress from our main point here. The, the whole purpose of this is keeping things ordered, you know, that it's not about me first and just me. It's about me as a husband and father, which means in everything I do, Beth and the kids have to come first. Um, and that's really that's actually a really good anchor point for us. Like for you, your your vocation as a religious sister, the work you do in the convent, the prayer you do in the convent, the community that you have in the convent is there to keep you anchored and ordered in your daily life. Right. So prayer for us is it's prayer, community, and apostolate in that order. And any time that gets out of order, it's we're in trouble. Um, and so vacation is an opportunity to maybe have a little bit of rest from the apostolate, but. Prayer and community are still an important part of that. All right. So we all like vacations, and whether we're going to the lake house or Playa del Backyardo, as I, I like to call it, at the right house, um, it's good to take time to refresh and refocus on our vocation and maybe get out of the the average everyday routine and, and have that special time. But the question remains, you know, there are days, as you said, that it's just hard to get up at 4.30 in the morning. And I, I've recently been setting my alarm for 4.45, and I love it because it actually does get me a little bit of quiet time. And then I am better with my kids in the morning when I'm waking them up because I've taken that time to get myself up first. But there are days that I'm like, wow, you know, and I'm just at my wit's end with these kids and and Beth seems to be pushing all my buttons. It's more the other way around that Beth's at her wit's end with me and the kids because we are pushing all of her buttons. And sometimes we take a little too much pride in that. Um, that can be a frustrating thing. And, and our modern culture would tell us, well, if you're at that point, just throw in the towel, walk away. That's what we do. It's perfectly OK. You got to take care of you. You do you. And uh, we're, we're not here to judge that's not really where we want to go with this. So what do we do, though, when we're in kind of a trying period of our vocation and, and we feel like we're hitting rock bottom and we don't want to be there? 
Well, Jesus himself gives us the answer in Matthew 11, right? Matthew 11, 28, come to me, all you who are weary and find life burdensome, and I will give you rest. And so ultimately, that's the first place we need to go to find that rest and refreshment. And I think within that, um, the opportunity maybe for a day of recollection, maybe a husband and father can't necessarily get away for a week-long silent retreat like we try to take, and maybe you can get away for a weekend, maybe do one of the ones down at the White House or something like that, where you have an opportunity to kind of refocus and recharge and be with Jesus and let him show you where you're trying to carry the burden by yourself and not allowing him to to share his yoke with you. Um, so I think that's that's a first place. And within that space of rest, too, there's a there's a place for examine. Where have I contributed to the, the dysfunction and the disorder? And where can I, you know, kind of regain my footing uh, with Jesus and to move forward? And yeah. The answer is yes, by the way, because I put the fun and dysfunction in our family. That's <laughs> Well, no, probably not if you ask my wife. But that's a really good point for us is that we do need to take that time not just to, to rest, but also to examine and look at our own lives. And very often it's in those examination of conscience, uh, examinations of conscience that I do that I find, oh, yeah, that whole morning where I thought Beth was pushing my buttons, it's really because I did this. And I was so focused on me, um, you know, a recent example, my whole morning was just ruined because I, I got up early and I went into the bathroom and I hung my towel up on the shower and then I went to go do something else and I came in and somebody used my towel. And I was like, who used, and we have a whole closet full of clean towels. This is not a big deal that someone used my towel, but because I, someone used my towel, I let it derail the whole morning and I was upset and frustrated with everyone. When really it was as simple as saying, Adam, don't be selfish. Go to the closet that's literally two feet away and just grab a different towel. Right. Exactly. Just kind of recognizing that and having that recognition and moving forward, saying, I'm going to go get the new towel, start again. And that's that's really, rest is almost like a reset. Um, and I think it's important to recognize, too, that part of the covenant from the very beginning was rest, right? What is What does God do on the seventh day? He rests and he gives us the Sabbath as a sign of the covenant. And so just to be able to recognize um what Sabbath rest is and what it isn't. Sabbath rest is not running around and doing a million and a half different things. Sabbath rest is time for friends, time for family, and time for prayer. And uh, have making sure that we make that space for that. All right. So let's talk about practical ideas, though. Um, you know, first off, I, I love the idea of retreat. And I want to challenge all of the husbands listening right now. If your wife hasn't been on a retreat, it's time for you to take the kids and say, honey, I've got this. I will have them for three days, four days, whatever it may be. I will figure it out. You decide where you want to go on retreat, and we're going to make it happen. Um, I, I know too many dads that, myself included, sometimes say, oh, I can't keep the kids for that long. No, we can. We can do it. We're dads. That's our vocation. So let's let's own up and, and, and live our vocation. Um, but that's a great idea for spouses to say, here, I'm going, to take, I'm going to take the reins for a while so you can go and recharge, and then it's a great gift to give back. And then when I get back, or when you get back, I'll go recharge, right? But in the weekly thing, you mentioned Sabbath rest. That's mm-hmm. one thing we can do. Um, what about, you know, just throughout the week saying, honey, why don't you take two hours Friday night? And and if you want to go out with your girlfriends, I'll take care of the home. I'll take care of the kids and trade that off. And then also the, you know, the other one I think of is date night, the importance of date night. I mean, these are good ideas for us, I mm-hmm. hope. Right. There's, there's an opportunity for rest and maybe just a, a break from the normal routine. One of the things that I think is really beautiful to fill our rest with is beauty. <laughs> Something that's beautiful is beauty, of course, obviously. Um, but when we 
allow ourselves to encounter something that's beautiful, anything that's true, beautiful or good. So whether it's a beautiful film or uh, some kind of musical performance or a trip to the art museum, which is one of my favorite things to do to recharge and to rest. Um, I've also had a lot of music lately. The Alton Symphony Orchestra, by the way, friends, it's just over the river. And for some of you, it's on your side of the river. And it's a great bargain awesome performance of of music and so the opportunity to go and just have a night where we rest and celebrate and allow beauty to move us i love it i love it for me it's the backyard fire pit i love the backyard for fire sure. pit. although the, the weather lately has either been just so close to being good and then all of a sudden it turns and it's bad but you bring up a good point experience something beautiful together every date night does not have to be dinner and dancing and glamour and glitz it could be as simple. I mean, one of our favorite anniversary dates every August 1st, it, somehow it ends up we go to this little sushi restaurant over by St. Louis University, and then we end up at Ikea. And and that's we buy our, each other our anniversary presents. And it's usually like, what do we need for the kitchen? Let's go pick it out. And sushi and Ikea ends up being one of our favorite dates. There you go. <laughs> All right. Well, friends, no vacation from your vocation. But ideas here to rest and recharge and plug in. And uh, I think, sister, the most important thing we've said is keep your vocation a priority. Make first things first, whether you're a priest, a sister, a brother, a husband, a wife, parent. Make your vocation the number one priority. Would you uh, lead us in prayer as we close out here? Sure. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Jesus, we thank you for your promise that when we come to you and we share our burdens with you, that you will make our burdens light. We thank you for giving us the grace of rest and for giving us the grace of Sabbath rest as a sign of your love for us. Give us the grace in a particular way this summer to be with you, to share our time with you, and to be renewed and rejuvenated in the love that you have for us. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, we're not going to take a vacation from Roadmap to Heaven, but we are going to take a quick break here, friends. We'll be back. Stay tuned. Well, here we are, Roadmap on the Road once again, and I have to say, this is not a new destination for me, friends, but one that I was very fortunate many years ago to have my friend Brian say, Adam, why don't you come with me this Tuesday evening for a reflection for men? There will be other men just like you, and and the best part, our Lord will be present in the Blessed Sacrament as well. There will be an opportunity for confession. And it was the first of many beautiful evenings I spent at the West Pine Study Center many years ago. And I'm happy to be back here today with the show, talking with Father Michael Geisler. Father, you're so kind to host us. It's very good to be with you today. Well, it's good to be with you, Adam. It's always a pleasure to appear somehow on Covenant Network and all the good you're doing. Well, thank you. Thank you. For St. Louis. Well, speaking of the good that's being done, you have a new book out titled How Christ Saves Souls with Us. The Mystery of Co-Redemption. Let's talk about that for a moment, because this is a term we, we've heard before, co-redemption. But I, I sometimes forget myself, that part with us. Christ saves souls. I focus on that. How is that? How are we working with Christ to save souls when I think of him as the Redeemer? Yes, well, of course, he is the Redeemer. He's the only Uh, one who redeems us by his death and resurrection and life, by the way, his ordinary life. He redeems us in ordinary life also. But because of his goodness, because of his power, he lets us share in the action. Let's put it that way. We share in the action of redemption by being part of his mystical body. And by sharing in that action, he actually gives us graces to redeem others, to bring others closer to him, in ordinary life, through suffering, 
family, all sorts of different places. So co-redemption is that active participation in Jesus' redemption of the world that we can all do. That's a definition. So not passive. It's not enough for me just to show up and sit in a pew and expect the world to be transformed by my showing up and sitting in a pew. No. <laughs> Although, please, keep going to Mass yes. on Sunday. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I think it's great. I mean, in, in a sense, just being there and praying at Mass is a wonderful thing. But yes, on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, you're also called to participate in redemption in many practical ways throughout your life. Now, I'd like to ask about the word mystery, the mystery of co-redemption, because surely our Lord could redeem the world without our help, and yet he invites us to be part of this. That's true. He told his disciples, go forth and preach to all peoples. He also said, he who hears you hears me. That's a rather direct invitation for us to get into the action. So yes, uh, he could redeem the world simply himself with one fiat, with one act of the will, but he does want us to be his instruments, to be his tongue, his arms, his feet, his leg, everything to redeem the world. So that's our great privilege, but we can't be passive, as you say. We have to actively try to pray and help Jesus in redeeming the world. I think of the many readings we've been hearing in the Easter season from the Acts of the Apostles, and I think to myself, wow, wouldn't it be wonderful if I could be called to go do such great things? But, Father, if I'm being honest, the... uh, Life of Adam Wright is pretty much an average, ordinary life, but that's okay because your book outlines seven different areas of average, ordinary life where we can actively take part with Christ in this work to transform the world and bring it to God. That's correct. I'd like to start um, in the home, if we may, with with our family, with our marriages. Um, How is it that in the home we can do this work? Well, I would say principally even in the home you need to do that work because I have a chapter in the book about co-redemptive matrimony or co-redemptive marriage, which isn't often used, that expression isn't used, but really you can say that a man and a woman who really love each other, who respect and pray with one another to God, they are redeeming their children by their good example, by their love for one another, by actually educating the children in virtue and prayer in the home, they are participating in redemption simply by that good marriage which they have. And the children, the same way, when they respect and love their parents, they are participating with Christ in redeeming the home, redeeming the world. So I think home is where the principal action is of redemption in so many ways. Now, when we talk about that, we also realize that in 2022, the family has come under tremendous attack, and and we're very candid on the show to say it's hard to be Catholic in this day and age with all of the pressure of the secular world, which really stems from that supernatural battle of good and evil, the devil trying to bring us down. What are some of the biggest obstacles you see families encounter in your work, and and what are some of the ways that you encourage them to overcome those obstacles? Well, one way certainly is the uh, example, perhaps the bad example, out there in the secular world, which can be seen social media, television, movies, even people's conversations, which are not in favor of the family or the moral law, And, of course, we're all praying very much for pro-life issues these days with the Supreme Court decision, etc. But that's an example, just one example of a secular attitude 
which really hurts Catholics and hurts families. So yes, that's one big obstacle, the, the kind of the secular view of the world without God. Another obstacle might be just the ignorance and indifference of many fellow Christians, and unfortunately even many fellow Catholics who don't seem to know their faith very well or care about their faith. This can be a very difficult thing for husbands and wives and for children. If their fellow Catholics aren't really engaged in the faith, it can hurt their own faith. Uh, and then thirdly, I would say it's just our own weaknesses. I mean, we all have to struggle against our own lack of faith many times, our laziness, indifference. These are all battles we all face in order to co-redeem. Not easy, but co-redemption is not really something we do on our own. It's a grace. I think right. we were talking about that before. It's we, a grace. We were talking about that before the interview that... Um, all of this, I mean, it'd be easy to say, pull yourself up by your bootstraps and do this work. But as, as my uh, friend and our, our good friend of the station, Father Zach Edgar, reminds me, Adam, don't be a Pelagian. This isn't you. It's God's grace. You cannot do it without it. And an interior life of prayer, frequent reception of the sacraments are vital to this. And, and you know, we joked earlier about don't just sit in a pew, but actually that is a large part of it, is spending that time in prayer with our Lord. How does the interior life and that life of prayer and sacraments help us to do this active work? Well, as we were just discussing, prayer and interior life bring grace to the soul, actual graces and sanctifying grace to the soul. And without grace, we cannot really co-redeem. Because if we thought we could co-redeem on our own, we would be Pelagians, we would be proud, arrogant. But the whole thing is the Redeemer himself and the Blessed Mother, who is co-redemptrix par excellence. She is so wonderful in redeeming and with her son. But we need that help to really conquer ourselves and the world. So yes, prayer and the sacraments are absolutely necessary if we're going to help in redemption. You brought up the Blessed Mother, so of course we have to turn to her oh, in, yes. in this month of May. Uh, the book is a great place to start for how to participate in this mystery of co-redemption, but you said she's the co-redemptrix. If, if you want to look to the model of exactly what it means to be a co-redeemer, we have to look no farther than the Blessed Mother herself. What are the lessons that she teaches us? Well, first of all is uh, personal uh, love, for God above all things. Uh, there is no greater formula for redemption than to love God above all things. And she did in her life. And particularly in her moment of vocation when the angel Gabriel appeared to her and she said, let it be done unto me according to your word. That is where redemption began. Redemption began inside of her when she received the Holy Spirit and the love of God inside of her. And she never lost that love, and she never lost that faith. And for this reason, I think you can say every action that, that she did on earth in union with her son was co-redemptive. Every action was co-redemptive because she was always motivated by love and faith in God. And that's what we all have to imitate in some way if we are going to be co-redeemers. She is the one to imitate par excellence, the biggest one, the best one. Yeah, that's that's why I love the mysteries of the rosary, because they give me such a great focal point to think about those times and those images of the Blessed Mother spending, you know, if we talk just about the Annunciation, 
Yes. How she so easily said yes, and how it's a struggle for me to say yes sometimes, <laughs> um, which yes. actually... Oh, go ahead. No, I say join the group, join, join right. the crowd. <laughs> well, and, and it's hard, it's hard. That leads me to my next point, that you've said this before, we are going to face temptations as we try to do this, and, and I often think the more we try to engage in the spiritual life and to move closer to our Lord, the more the devil wants to push back against us. And one of my favorite things about Opus Dei and St. Jose Maria Escrivá is the heroic moment, that first <laughs> moment oh, yeah. of the day when the alarm clock goes off. We've talked about it on the show before, but never with someone uh, from Opus Dei. So, Father, I'd like to ask you, why is that heroic moment, that first moment of the day? I, I, I never would have thought of the alarm clock going off and instead of hitting snooze, waking up, being an act of <laughs> heroism. Why is that? Yes. Well, why is that? Uh, I guess the proof is in the pudding, isn't it? The proof is in actually trying to do it. It is not easy. Now, some people are morning persons, and they do get up naturally and with vigor and with joy, but some of us are not that way. Uh, so, But it's heroic in the sense that our body or laziness or whatever wants to press the snooze alarm, does not want to get up. But the whole idea of heroism is that you overcome your natural tendency to do something better and to get up on time and, by the way, to connect it with prayer. It's not simply getting up on time because that would be Pelagian, right? That would be simply do good. My will is strong. I get up on time. Aren't I a tough guy? I got up on time today. No. Get up on time and do a morning offering. Let the Lord know that everything you're doing today is going to be for him in union with his sacred heart and the holy sacrifice of the Mass. Then you have heroism connected with God. And that's the real meaning of the heroic moment. It's not just willpower, it's willpower plus prayer. I love it. And that, that becomes co-redemptive right from the very first moment of your day you have can start redeeming. I find there's a natural rhythm to these things that if, if you are successful with something early in the day, you say, all right, you, you had that moment where you did not hit snooze. You woke up <laughs> yes. and, and you offered that to the Lord. And now the next temptation is knocking on the door. You know, sometimes for me, it's, I really need to eat this bowl of healthy cereal or, or have a healthy breakfast, but I really want to go get that 10,000 calorie <laughs> breakfast sandwich. Uh, but Adam, you know what? You and God have already had a moment where you've been able to conquer a temptation today. Let this be another one. Be on a roll. Yes. The old saying is, well begun is half done. All right. <laughs> How about that? Well begun is half done. And that applies to the heroic moment. Because right from the start, you can be praying and really participating somehow in redemption at that very moment. All right. Well, friends, we've only begun to scratch the surface of this. If you would like to know more about the mystery of co-redemption and how you can actively participate in this mystery, the book is How Christ Saves Souls with Us, The Mystery of Co-Redemption by Father Michael Geisler. Father, where can our listeners find a copy of the book? Well, the publisher is uh, Emmaus Road uh, Publishing in Steubenville. That's the group associated, of course, with Dr. Scott Hahn. They're the publisher. I think any Catholic bookstore, I, I think the Daughters of St. Paul are carrying it. I, I spoke with Sister the other day. I think they're going to order some. And uh, many Catholic bookstores will be getting them. 
it was just published two months ago, so it takes a little time for the Catholic bookstores to get them. But I would say immediately with Emmaus Road Publishers. And then we've talked a lot about the work that happens here at West Pine and, and that you do here in St. Louis. Where can our listeners find out more information about, the, say, the Men's Evening of Reflection or the Ladies' Evening of Reflection? Yes, well, both uh, the centers here have websites. And um, I think everybody's probably electronically engaged here in your audience. So uh, if you'd like to know more about the section of the activities of the Women's Center, you could just Google org. That's Lindell as in the name of the street by Central West End, Lindell, LindellStudyCenter.org. And you have all the different activities that the women offer for women in the St. Louis area. And for the men, it was called, it's called West Pine Study Center. Without a T, by the way, W-E-S-P-I-N-E dot org. And there you have uh, different activities of the Opus Dei here for men. Father-son clubs and recollections and all sorts of things. Wonderful. Finally, Father, could I ask you to lead us in a prayer to close our time together? Yes. Well, may the Lord bless all the families listening and all the children listening with their parents at this time. And may all of us have the openness and courage to help Jesus in our way in redeeming the world and helping all souls around us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Friends, you're listening to Roadmap to Heaven. We will be back. Stay tuned. We are talking about motherhood this week on the Daily Dose of Encouragement. And so here to Help us with this topic is a mother herself, Caddy Schneier. <laughs> well, it's great to be talking about this topic, of course, during the month of May and wishing everyone a happy Mother's Day. Today, I just want to share a beautiful quote, a quote that I first saw at the National Shrine of Mary, Mother of the Church, which is in Lori, Missouri, down at the Lake of the Ozarks. My husband and I went there. There's a beautiful outdoor shrine and a wall dedicated to mothers. If you've never been, I want to encourage people first to just go there. If you're at the Lake of the Ozarks, thinking of going there this summer, take a little shrine visit. It's the National Shrine of Mary, Mother of the Church in Lori, Missouri, again, at the Lake of the Ozarks. Now, what was the quote. It's right when you get there, there's this beautiful wall, and in stone is this quote that I found so beautiful. It's attributed to Joseph Cardinal Minzenti, and here's the quote. The most beautiful person on earth is a mother. She has built something more magnificent than any cathedral, a dwelling for an immortal soul, the tiny perfection of her baby's body. The angels have not been blessed with such a grace. They cannot share in God's creative miracle to bring new saints to heaven. Only a human mother can. Mothers are closer to God, the creator, than any other creature. God joins forces with mothers in performing this act of creation. What on God's good earth is more glorious than this? To be a mother. Again, that's a quote from Joseph Cardinal Minzenti. I found it so moving. I just think about that a lot. 
that the angels have not been blessed with such a grace and what a gift it is to be a mother. So look that up. Or if you want, go to the podcast so you re-listen to this and share that quote with others today. It's what could be more beautiful than to be a mother. And for the month of May, I think we should then go out and thank the mothers in our lives. Those that perhaps are our biological mother, yes, but those who have mothered us in a special way, thank them for this incredible gift that they have given to the world, that of being a mother. And if you want to help encourage a mother you may know, be sure to share the podcast version of the Daily Dose of Encouragement with them this week. You can find it by searching Daily Dose of Encouragement Covenant Network wherever you get your podcast. Patty, what a wonderful reflection for us today. Well, that's our show, and I hope that you got something out of it today. I know that I feel honored to be invited by our Lord to go out and, you know, in particular, in my home, be part of the the mystery of redemption, that he he lets me in on some of the action. And I kind of think of it, uh, you know, like when I'm with my kids, I'm doing a task, and they say, well, I'd like to, I'd like to do something to help. And I'm like, well, I've got this. But you know what? You can You can do this part. You know, I remember when my daughters were young and I'd be making pancakes or brownies or cookies and I'd have everything measured out. And I'd say, well, you can dump it into the bowl. That's what you can do. And they would feel so privileged and say, oh, we helped make the brownies or we helped make the pancakes or we helped make the cookies, whatever it may be, because they got to pour the ingredients into the bowl. No vacation from our vocations either, friends. And well, for me, I've got to go call a tow truck. But Let's pray and let's give thanks for this time together in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. All glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. That's our show today. We'll be back with you Friday morning for the Roadmap Roundup. I believe that we have a new panelist on Friday, so you'll have to tune in to find out who that is. Don't forget, Friday is a day of prayer and fasting. We've got our intentions to include with our rosary on Friday. And we're going to have a little bonus program Friday morning at 10.30 a.m. live with Father Wade Menezes in our studio. Until then, for Covenant Network, I'm Adam Wright. You've been listening to Roadmap to Heaven. Pray your rosary today.